The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. It's Monday. It is about a quarter to six, so it's right before the Blue Jays series starts. So if you want to hear a recap of last night's game, try a different podcast. (laughs) Because I'm going to finish this game in bed because I'm old and I have kids. You don't go to sleep probably for a while after a game. Yeah, I, I'm usually depending on the game. Like if it's ten to one, if we're up ten to one in the sixth, I can kind of settle down and go to bed right after. But yeah, any kind of close game, one run game or a tie game in the seventh or eighth, I'm going to be up for a while. Well, we went to opening day, and I forgot how exhausting it is to be at a game with you. <laughs> with me, like I just you like at a game. Watching you is exhausting because you hit. It's not. So, all right. So we had some drinks at Billy's. I had a good buzz going by the time we got into the game. And now I can't drink anymore because I've got to drive home. You had a couple more beers. And so, like, you didn't, you did not traditionally blackout, but you get like what I call, would consider like a baseball blackout. Okay, like the term. alcohol. And then the baseball is just more alcohol on top of you. Yes. No, that's perfect. That, yeah. Exactly. Like, it's an accelerant. You know, like when people start doing drugs, like you did a line of baseball. It is an adrenaline rush because like that's less than what I would drink if I just went out to the bars with my friends. But because it's at Yankee Stadium and you got all the feels going and all the adrenaline going, it's almost like each drink is two. Yeah. And then you're I mean, you're from the seventh inning on like you're standing in the aisle way and you're. Hitting the um, hitting the seats, hitting hit the, the seats, seat, yeah. hitting the railing in between. Yes, it's going to be interesting to see what your strategy is come wedding ring time. Like, does that become a ting, 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 ting? Like, ah, uh, how yeah. do you use that? Could go opposite hand. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. But we were an opening day. Um, uh, it was, it, it, 
it was so great to just like to be back there and because we went last year you went opening day last year we made it to another you know couple other games we went once when it was like do you have to wear masks? Do you not have to wear masks? And when we went with your dad, it was like... Yeah, in June. Know, it was yeah. that weird time, yeah. Yeah. I went Labor Day when it was like, you have to wear masks everywhere other than Yankee Stadium, pretty much, um, in the city. But it was like, you know, it's pretty normal, but you're still a little on edge. Now, regardless of, like, you know, COVID numbers are rising, Philly just announced that they're putting masks back in place and all that. Um, I think we were just able to ignore it for a day. Oh, yeah, definitely. I was ignoring it. And Billy's, Billy's was awesome. The DJ, I know you tweeted it, and I was talking about it when we were there. They had Empire State of Mind going, Drake, The only, The Sean. only marketing campaign to ever win a World Series. <laughs> it, was, it was slapping in there. And it was – usually there's a lot of Red Sox fans when it's Yankees, Red Sox. And it was – there weren't that many of them. And it, the place was bumping. It was awesome. I, I thought that there was a fair amount. It wasn't like a crazy amount of them. I think maybe the schedule of like the the day being changed. You know, it, it's tough for people who live in New York to pivot. Um, you know, versus maybe people who were coming in from out of town. Although I don't know why you would come in Thursday and not you know make a whole weekend of it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like the there's there's a vibe, there's an atmosphere that is Billy's, um, and. Like one of them, you know, when the DJ puts on Fat Joe lean back, that is, I mean, I'm immediately, it's 2004. Like I am back in place, you know, it, it's, it's a tremendous vibe for anyone. I know like we have listeners from all over, but when you're from New York and more specifically from the Bronx, there are certain songs that get played, and it's, when you're in that atmosphere, it's just like, I want to hit someone with a bottle just to be ignorant, just for <laughs> fun. And you got the anticipation of the game going with the tune, so it just gets you, just gets you really fired up. They had the outside open, and it was it was perfect because it was it was crowded, but we could still move around. It wasn't like we were jammed up against the wall and couldn't hear each other. I thought it was the perfect mix, and then I left a little bit, so I think I left around twelve twenty five. To get online to go in. You stayed around for a little bit. Yeah, I was meeting a guy from the Obama White House. Gotcha. <laughs> That's literally what, like, one of Obama's guys was like, hey, you're here. I'd like to meet you. And I was just like, yeah, I'd like to meet you too. Can we talk about the lines? Because I left at 1225 and you know I have a system. I am in my seat for first pitch. I've done this hundreds of times and I have everything timed out. And this line at gate eight did not move. Yeah, I I don't give a fuck about first pitch. Like no. if I'm there by now, if it is a, you know, a playoff game and like, you know, we need to pack the stadium. We need this vibe because we need this win. Sure. It's game one. Like if I'm in a conversation, I'm not ending that conversation early. Um, there were, so I left maybe 20 minutes after you. Okay. To head in. Gotcha. So still, you know, I've got 25 minutes till first pitch. Yeah. The lines were nuts. But at the same time, I'm just treating it as, listen, the people that are working the lines, working the ticket things, you know, you know, security and all that, they're out of practice. Like, you can't practice for the biggest sellout that, you know, there's going to be. Um, and they really haven't had a crowd of this size 
like in a while because there has your know, first opening day in three years. That's no playoff games last year, and they really weren't yeah. sell even when they went to a hundred percent capacity yeah, no, last summer. So they shit. weren't selling out. No, because yeah. the team stunk. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So you got and you got to remember like how many of those people are, are actually still from like the old you know the old times. People had to get other jobs. People move on in their lives. So we it was me you. Dave from the BP Philly crew, shout to Dave, and my buddy Marty, who lives in New York and is a Red Sox fan. And so when Marty and I were going in, he just moved to New York like a month ago from Baltimore. He's getting like Midtown, you know, he's got like a a very attractive fiance who's got a lot of like, uh, who's got a bunch of gay friends. So like, okay. He's at, he's at, no, like, I'm talking like actual homosexual men who he told me, he was like, we're just at clubs with bottle service, like nonstop. Like, they always have a hookup. For, uh, okay. Gay guys in New York always have a hookup for something. They always know somebody. Makes sense. Um, but it's a different New York than coming up to the Bronx on opening day and you just got, you know, 10,000 like New Yorkers outside just go like, what the fuck? Get the line going. Get the line moving. What the fuck? <laughs> and it's like it's someone else's fault that you showed up at twelve fifty five. Like everybody's right. supposed to be aside already. <laughs> Is this the clear line? Is this the clear line? Is this does it start here? And it's like you're in the middle of a line. What do you think all the people next to you in a row are? Is this where it starts? No, dude. It starts behind all of us. It was chaos. It was funny was on the gate on the line for gate eight. Like, you know, when you're you're inside the line and, and Red Sox fans would be walking down like outside the gate. Yeah. And there were these guys in front of front of me, these Dominican guys that were essentially just harassing every Red Sox fan that walked by. And the cops with the machine guns and the German shepherds were cracking up, yeah. <laughs> laughing. We were all having Dude, a great time. You're getting time. real New York right there. Like yes. you're not getting fucking Midtown. You're getting like, yo, I've been to a hundred of these games. <laughs> Um, and it was exactly. just like it. I was just like Marty, this is it. This is the real shit. This is it's everybody else's fault but mine that I showed up late. Clear was a nightmare because like, all right. So pre COVID, I could go up, put two fingers on the thing, and I could bring a guest, and they it knew like every neighbor I ever had in my life. Then I went to use it once last year, and it was like, no, it's not fingers, it's face now. So like now we get your picture, and I'm like, all right, cool. So now you do that. Then I got get up there and they're like, all right, so you need the app and it's got to be synced to your thing. I'm like, you, you, you already have my fingerprints in my face. What the yeah, fuck else yeah. do you need? Yeah, now you're making it harder than the regular line. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was – but it was just like dudes yelling like, what the fuck? I've been here a million times. It's never like this. It's never like this. And it's like, yo, it's literally like this. <laughs> Every opening day. It, it's always like this. And I got, I got into my seat probably 45 seconds to first pitch. And then about two minutes after that, we're down three, nothing. You were still on the line and I was just having flashbacks to the wild card game. Like that was a dis- disastrous start. Dude, I was in line in front of a retired cop and his buddy who had a one hitter. So it was just like, just smoking weed with, and the retired cop was like, I'm going to go see if there's anyone in the front who get us in. And the other guy's like, all right, I'll hold the spot. And he's got the one hitter going. And he comes back. He's like, he said, if we're not in 10 minutes, the captain will walk us in. But he's like guarding all the like automatic weapons that they have. Yeah, like the, yeah. And I was like, and I just turned around and go, all right, cool. You're my uncle. Like, I'm with you guys. 
And anytime these guys went to me, it was are you go- are we going, Unc? Are we going? I think Unk. they I think they didn't skip the line because I was there. Ah, you were the deterrent. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm coming like I'm coming with you. <laughs> like it or not. And I went in my wallet and my car has been in the shop for two months. Uh and my PBA card is in my car. Otherwise, I would have been like, no, look, like I support the police. I'm trying to get one of those. I don't think we should defund you at all, even though you get fined a billion dollars a year for beating up innocent people. <laughs> I don't – I've come on. Can I skip this line? Yeah, you sat down at like – I think I remember you got there. It was like almost 150, like 145. Well, I got inside. And I'd say hi to some people, got some food, got some drinks. Right. You know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to make the rounds. Yeah, no, I hear you. I was pretty – even though they won and we'll, we'll talk about the game, but Cole showing up and just having that dog shit first inning it was very disheartening. Last year, he pitched poorly against Boston, the Rays, Toronto. It's one of the reasons we didn't win the division. I really wanted to see him just go out there and shove and just putting us in a hole even though we won. It, it still kind of stings a little bit. I mean he settled down. I'm not going to lose any sleep in April over it. I am tired of like – I don't even see what happened, but it's like – Billy Crystal annoyed oh, him. Dude, come and on. And it's like first man. pitch wasn't till 412. Four minutes. Or, yeah. Four yeah, minute one, delay. He's and it's just about. like, dude, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Like, I'm trying to love you. I'm trying to say, like, hey, you'll always figure it out no matter how much you struggle or whatever. I'm trying to say the sticky stuff doesn't matter, you know. But if you want me to say the sticky stuff isn't going to hurt you and the sticky stuff didn't help you that much, shut up about four minutes. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. And especially when you think about the fact that, look, playoff games, World Series games, there's all sorts of these ceremonies and and anthems and first pitches and all this stuff. Like, this shit is going to happen. Every game is not going to start exactly at 7.05 or 8.05 or 1.05. You got to be able to adjust. And even if you're thinking that, don't fucking say it. Like, that is embarrassing. You want to have an opening day that starts on time? Go back to Pittsburgh. Yeah. No one gives a shit there. (laughs) You know? Yeah, I thought that was really weak. Yeah, so yeah, I didn't like that, but you know, at the same time, being in line outside, it's like two run home run. All right, oh, another another run. All right, that's not good. I'm not inside. I'm not even close to the gate yet. Like, yeah, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be a comeback story the whole time I'm inside. It's just the way I had to look at it. And Rizzo's homer in the first inning just to make it three two that that really saved them because I think if they had if they had gone down one two three in the bottom of the first the air kind of would have went out of the place and the crowd wouldn't have been into into it but Rizzo really got the crowd back into it and, and what a weekend he had well Rizzo got the crowd back into it and I think you know we saw a big part of the way this whole team has been built which was the defense and you know for that game we turned three double plays and didn't hit into any and you know that is a big as we see as the weekend goes on and we see, you know, Aaron Hicks get opportunities, and that's where the double plays come in. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that it was at least for that game, it was, all right, go out there. You've got Cole. You want the shutdown. You know, you want, like, all right, this is never, you know, no one's ever going to score a run. But realistically, every pitcher is going to give up runs. This pitcher can adjust and rebound and get back to it. Like, that's why he's an ace. Um, Obviously, you expect the season goes on length out of him and not just, you know, four innings. But then it's like, oh, we've got this amazing bullpen and we can piece it together. Like Boone managed like he's never managed before. Yeah, that was amazing. He he did it perfectly. I think he used seven relievers and none. I don't think they let up any. I think they let up like two hits 
the relievers in total. Our bullpen all weekend was phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. But and I had tweeted yesterday when we had tied the you know the Sunday night game that like we've gotta we've gotta blow some games open because the it maybe we tied maybe we were down one. I, I think we had just blown an opportunity with Hicks. I don't remember exactly, but even when we won those thirteen games in a row, they were all one two run wins. For this lineup, so this lineup has pop to it. This lineup ha- is more athletic than it has been in recent years. We've got to win some games like 7-2, to 5-1. You know, we, we need to put some distance between us and some of these other teams. And obviously, you get these rivalry games like the Red Sox are just a different atmosphere. We'll see what happens with Toronto. But you got to – like. You've already got to be worried about bullpen wear out after three games with the oh, amount yeah. of work they've had to oh, do. Oh, yeah. And all wins aren't created equal. Like a 2-1 win where you have to use your five best relievers, that takes a lot out of you. It's taxing. If you win, like you said, 7-2 to two, and you don't have to use Chad Green and Peralta and Chapman and all your top guys, Loisaga, it takes a lot less out of you. So, yeah, they, they are going to need some blowouts. Going to be tough to blow the Blue Jays out. They got a hell of a lineup. Yeah. I mean, they're going to – I mean, they're not the young and dumb, you know, oh, maybe they can get them done. Like, they're just a good baseball team now. Yeah, they were the Ve- Vegas favorites to to win the division. Tonight, it's going to be Tyone versus Alex Manoa. Manoa was their first-round pick out of West Virginia. He dominated us last year, I remember, earlier in the season. He's he's really good. Uh, we'll have Cole going Wednesday. We'll have Severino going Thursday. And I guess that means Nestor on Tuesday. I- I'm thinking a split for this series, realistically. Uh, like a split when it's early in the season and you can get us like, don't get me wrong. I want us to sweep the Red Sox. I want us to win that Sunday night game, but you win a series. Like if you just win every series, you win a hundred games. You know, that's just a, a very simple way to look at it. I know. Um, I felt like the Sunday game, it was a little bit of a punt lineup. Like it's tough to to fully punt with this team because we have extra starters, but like it was kind of a punt lineup. It is. I hate seeing and I hate seeing DJ as the odd man out, like instead of Hicks or Torres. It's just it, especially against the Red Sox, man. You want him in the lineup. I want him in the lineup for all nineteen Red Sox games for sure. Yeah, like you know, I would have liked it, and you know, because Stanton's going to get a day off in this series at some point, right? Sadly, yes, for sure. Yeah. I would have almost for like a morale and like keep the win under the sails. I would have played him in the outfield last night, um, gotten that DH spot for Glaber, played DJ at second, and then sat Stanton tonight. And sat Stanton tonight. And then just played Stanton the rest of the week. Yeah. With, a, with a mix of DH and outfield right, and whatever. Right. But I would have – you know, put my foot on their necks if I'm Boone. It's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting to see how long of a leash he gives to Hicks and Glaber specifically, because I know it's only three games. They both look terrible over the weekend, especially Hicks. Like, how long do they just become? Does one of them become just a bench guy as opposed to just in the rotation? If that makes sense. Well, I think, you know, someone else is would really have to step up in the outfield uh, and. I just don't think that opportunity is there the way the – like it's not going to be Marwin Gonzalez. I think we're going to try to avoid playing him in the outfield. He can play the outfield, but I think they're going to try to avoid playing him in the outfield 
as much as possible. But we, you know, we needed the backup option at shortstop that he provides. Is he playing short tonight or third? Um, I forget. I saw the lineup. I know. I know Donaldson's out. Um, let's see. The yeah, let's do it right now. I am really battling some sun in my eyes. Yeah, I can barely see you. Okay, DJ's at third, which means all right, Marwin's at short. Glaber at second. Okay, that's interesting. And and I'm fine with that because Falafel needs. He just needs a day to catch his breath. I know the entire world is like, oh, my God, what are we going to do with this guy? Because, I mean, he, he had uh, error he with the glove. Errors, yeah. yeah. You know, he goes error with the glove, throwing error, another error. And, you know, he gets one hit. But, I mean, it's the first weekend of the season. The guy hit 291. Like, he's a, he can get 200 hits. So, it, just because he didn't get six of them in the first weekend – doesn't mean that it's not going to even out. It was also extremely out. predictable. You've talked about playing shortstop for the Yankees and, and what an honor, what a role that is. I mean, I remember when Didi came here, he was booting balls all over the place. He was forgetting how many outs there were. He was hitting like 0.50 that first month of the season. He was horrible. This was very predictable for me that IKF would be nervous and shit. Yeah, it was like, it was like the most obvious yeah. scenario. But yeah, I mean, other guys are struggling. I mean... Like, yeah, he's getting walks, he's getting on base, but, like, Joey Gallo looks like shit. He looked terrible. The one one hit that he got, I think it was on Saturday, he tried to stretch it into a double and got thrown out by, by 25 a mile. feet. It wasn't even close. It reminded me of Gary running the bases. <laughs> he hit a grand slam yesterday. Yeah, who gives a fuck? <laughs> no, but Hicks, Hicks and Glaber. So I think it was the first inning last night, Glaber comes up. Base is loaded, and he, he flies out to end the inning. They get nothing. And then in the third, I think they're down – when they're down 2 nothing, and Hicks comes up, base is loaded, one out, and it's just like walk or hit a fly ball, and he, he hits into one of his patented bases loaded double plays. It's just seeing him come up in big spots is just really brutal. Especially after he could have worn that one in the ribs. Like yes. there was that one inside pitch that would have ended his life. Like that was a, a hard fastball inside – He'd probably be out for a while with a broken rib, but we would have had a run. And he's going to be out with a broken rib soon anyway. So yeah. might as well get some useful evidence. The funniest part for me was him staring down the pitcher as if the pitcher's trying to hit him. Yeah, it's it's, like, dude, you're one of the easy outs. It's the bases loaded. You've got a fucking zero at the beginning of your batting average. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up and get back in the box. What'd you think of Seve on Saturday? Um, You know... I try not to get too nuts about, you know, hey, the, you know, this is this is the kind of season you're going to have because we even saw it when it came to spring training of saying like you know, the the sky, you know, looks shaky. But you know, he didn't make it out of the third like to to be 3 plus is worse than just being 3 innings. Like I was like, "Oh, why is he going back out there? He's probably going to give up a hit." Um and you know he looked he looked rough at the beginning. Towards the end, he he looked like he could work out of jams a little bit. And now it's just like I don't know, do it without getting into jams. Yeah, no, that'd be good. Although I will say his the defense behind him was horrendous. You had you had IKF boot that ball. Yep. They gave him a hit, but that should have been an unearned run. And then Gallo misplayed. I know he dove, but he misplayed a ball. I think Bogarts hit it. Um, so there there was not good defense behind him. I was encouraged by the velocity. And he, I think he had five strikeouts. I was happy overall. I, I am excited to see these guys throw more than 60 pitches. It's kind of a buzzkill 
to get excited to see them start. And they're at, like you said, they're out in the third inning. Yeah, I mean, when it's 65 pitches, I think he got up like closer to 70 because he had hit 65 at the end of the third inning. That's why everyone thought he was out. But then he came back, threw a couple more pitches. But yeah, the five strikeouts is great. But, you know, you've got the five hits, uh, you know, a couple of earned runs, gave up a home run. So it's not, you know, hey, this is the end of the world. But at the same time, it's not, you know, it wasn't the most impressive start. Like, show me something. And I know that we're still, you know, he hasn't started a game since 2019. But uh, show me five innings. Yeah, maybe, maybe Thursday, I think, is his is his day. But no, the bullpen specifically, even guys that you're not used to seeing. Don, I mean, Michael King was awesome on Friday. Clark Schmidt came out of the pen last night and, and I think threw two shutouts. They've all – even the lo- like all those lower-level guys, Miguel Castro, every single guy they brought in got out. I don't know if it's Matt Blake. I don't know if it's just early. But, I mean, this could be a super pen. I know we always talk about it. Yeah, I mean, as soon as we start talking about a super pen, someone gets injured. Like, yeah. <laughs> right now, it's kind of – and so this is what you need. I mean, this is what teams that win have happened. Like, I remember it felt like through the, like, 2000s, it felt like we played Detroit every year in the playoffs, and every year they were like, here's a new fat Spanish dude who throws 100 miles an hour, and he just came up from AAA last week. Right. <laughs> you know, and, like, you need a little bit of that, of just like, hey, here's, you know, Castro got his most innings, you know, last year with the Mets. I don't think he's, you know, a huge name. More people are obsessed with him ha- having to cut his hair to be on the Yankees than how he actually plays. So, like, yeah, let's, sh- you know, let's play the hot hand, but let's, you know, hope we don't have to play that hand as much because you get four innings, three innings, three and a third out of our starters, like, we need to start seeing at least a five from some of these guys. Yeah, if they keep going at their pace, the the these guys' arms are all going to fall off by the end of the month. I know there was the shortened spring training, but yeah, these guys got to get ramped up soon. A Cole through what seventy, seventy two. Like he should be good for eighty five, ninety on on Wednesday. Yeah, and you know, and who knows what you're going to get on Tuesday because he'll go out there and just be silly and be like, I'll throw a hundred pitches and pitch tomorrow. I'm I bet Nestor's nasty. not on a pitch count. He, they yeah. don't give a shit about it. He's him. a rubber arm guy. <laughs> Definitely. And Tyone, Tyone tonight, I mean, this is a big it's a big year for Tyone because last year he had the coming off Tommy John excuse. They babied him a little bit. But now this is his walk year. He'll be a free agent. There's really no more excuses that Tommy John was two and a half years ago at this point. Like if he's going to be a guy, he's got kind of got to do it now. It's crazy too, like being a um... – if you're just a mediocre baseball player, you can still get a lot of money as a pitcher. Especially if you have a good year in your contract year. I mean, yeah. look at Robbie Ray. Jason Shreve is in the major league still. <laughs> he was awful. Don't you have a story that you know some girl he was dating? Or- <laughs> I know his now wife who, okay. who's not whose name has changed on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know the story there. But, yeah, no, I mean, he was the first Yankee to follow me on Twitter. That's okay. I knew there was something with him and you. Yeah, no, no. He's a, as far as I know, a nice guy or a bad guy. I don't know, fucking know. You know. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, coming out of the first weekend, like, hey, listen, you get two out of three. I think everyone has quelled expectations this year. You know, we're not. Uh, you know, it's not like, oh, well, we just made it to the playoffs. So if you think about it, like seventeen, it was. 
we got, you know, to the ALCS out of nowhere. So in 18, it was like, well, we added Stanton. So now that's it, World Series. And then we didn't make it. And then it became, all right, well, now everyone's healthy. Now everyone's at World Series. And Stanton's injured for pretty much the whole season. And we still made it to the ALCS. So then 20 was, we got Cole. Stanton can't be that injured again. And it's not like Aaron Judge is hiding a rib injury. And it's (laughs) not like there's a bioweapon being used against us. And the season's going to be cut short. But, hey, that all happened. And then last year it was like, well, we're getting back to it. We've got the team finally. All that shit's behind us. And now I think because we – I think we're out of excuses for this team. You know, we can, you know, if you're realistic, hey, we weren't really that injured last year. Guys just didn't play that well. It was a, a pretty normal season. Um, although one thing I have noticed about baseball in general is right as the lockout started, it was talked about, but the whole like baseball put juice in balls when they felt like it last year, that really went by the wayside pretty quickly. Kind of got swept under the rug, and you got to wonder what it's going to be like, what it's going to be like for this year, especially because they're doing all these crazy broadcasts and alternate Apple games and K Rod. Like, which you got to think they're going to be juicing the balls for some of those. Yeah. Games. Yeah, you have to. Um, but yeah, so now I think we, we're all like, all right, we've got a decent team. Um, it doesn't seem like we're going to take on more. Uh, there is not necessarily a huge trade out there to be made, but we do have some expendable pieces. If we could find an opportunity to maybe get pitching, if that's what we need. And I think as a whole, like everyone's just like, all right, let's just, let's see how this starts. Let's see where we are without getting our hopes up and getting our hearts broken. Cause you know, we, we all said you can't win the world series in April, but you sure as shit can lose it. Um, I, I don't think anyone feels the pressure to win it right now as fans, at least. Exactly. And especially after the start they had last year, they started six and 11 and it basically took them out of contention for the division. I mean, they, they made the playoffs or whatever, but when you, when you have a shitty start like that, five and 10, six and 11, or even, you know, two and seven, it really, it's hard to play from behind. It, it's easier to get a jump. And last year they started zero and seven against Boston. That's why I'm not, that's why I'm not upset that they didn't sweep, you know, you start zero and seven, you know, you start two and one against them. Like that's fine. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you, if you go two and one, and then you split this series and you come out of this and you're still tied with the Blue Jays, you know, in terms of schedule. I mean, you obviously you want to get three or four. You want to get four or four. The Rays are just going to do their thing. You know, you know, pay attention all of a sudden they're three and oh. So, like, I'm fine with just seeing, you know, seeing how things shape up and not going nuts. Like obviously if we lose these four games, like I'll say I'm done watching baseball for forever until they win a game. Till seven oh five the next night, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think the key might be so the AL East teams, we're probably gonna beat up on each other. The key to who wins the debi- the division might be on who beats up the central the most because the central is awful. Like they're horrible. So we gotta sweep the Tigers, you know, sweep the and I was gonna say the Indians, the Guardians, like beat up on those teams. Um, and, and not let those teams get away. Well, that's exactly what I'm thinking with like, you know, you've got the Red Sox where we took, you know, we went two and one, you know, you, you mentioned a split, like we split this Blue Jay series, but even though, I mean, we are getting like, we're getting our one and two and Tyone isn't really a four, you know, he's not supposed to be a four. So like getting two of these games should happen. So, and then you go to Baltimore 
including their home opener on Friday, and then you go to Detroit, and then you have Cleveland coming, and then Baltimore coming. You know, you're getting to the last weekend of the month, and we've got 12 games, you know, after this Blue Jay series that are very winnable. Like, that that could be a, you know, 10-2 and two stretch. Yeah, and regardless of what happens with this Jays series, I think it's very important that we sweep the Orioles series. We I don't think we swept them at all last year. We went like 9 and 7 against them. It's one of the reasons we had a shitty season. I think it's really important to go go down to Camden Yards, set the tone and sweep them. Yeah. And I'm just like just looking forward. It's like then we go to Kansas City. Then we go to Toronto. That's when things start to get a little uh, tricky. Not yeah. We're not <laughs> talking about it yet though. We're not talking about it. Um but yeah, I mean, we play Toronto nine times before May twelfth. Nine times before May twelfth. Wow! So nine times in a month. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. We've got these four. Then next month we've got a three gamer up there and a two gamer home, and then we don't face them for a little bit. We don't face them in June. Probably not till. Uh, we don't face them again until August. Have you ever been to a game up there? I have. You like it? Yeah, I mean everything's everything's Canadian, so it's a little weird. Have you ever spent time in Canada? I've never been to Canada, no. Yeah, I did a contract for a company there like a decade ago. Um I tweeted about this. So I get flown up there to like meet these guys, this tech company, to talk about like, hey, yeah, you know, you work from New York, come up one week a month for, you know, it was like a four-month contract. We're trying to see if it's a fit. They bring me out to dinner. They have a guy come and meet us. Um, and I'm at the time, you know, I'm 26, 27. So I'm a jerk off, like a yeah. real jerk off. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just, I'm asking everyone, like, so do you know Drake? And, <laughs> and this guy is like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, I was on Degrassi. Do you know what Degrassi is? Uh, is that the Disney show? It's where like he was Canadian. In a wheelchair? Yeah, it's like Canadian Saved by the Bell. Um, and yeah, he was wheelchair Jimmy. And so this dude, I was like, oh, like how everyone in New York was on Law and Order. Yeah. And he was like, no, I was on it for like six seasons. Like I played this guy. And I was like, wait, I know you because my now wife like watched that in college. Like you got stabbed. And then. <laughs> He got stabbed. It was like a big thing on TV. Like he, he was like a kid who got stabbed to death on the show. Um, but yeah, and then one of the times I was up there, the Yankees were up there. So I went like two games by myself. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, me and Jamie are trying to do every ballpark, so that'll be one year we'll do a Canada trip, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. uh, How many stadiums have you done so far? I think I'm at like six or seven. Yeah, start having kids, and that uh, dream of seeing all the ballparks is going to fade real fucking fast. <laughs> real fucking fast, dude. I used to look at the schedule when it came out and be like, all right, where am I going to go? Like, we used to go to a road yes. something aside from Baltimore. And, you know, a lot of times it was like, oh, we'll go to Chicago. Uh, we'll go to Boston. We tried to get out to San Diego a couple years ago. It didn't work out because of uh, weather delays. Um, you know, go to Florida. Now it's just like I look at it and I remember like, wait, where am I? Where? How is this going to happen? It's not. I'm not going to Cleveland. We're looking at St. Louis. I think it's August 7th. I see the new Bush Stadium. St. Louis, August 7th. Yeah, I mean that could be fun. Well, there's not a lot of like sexy locations that they're at this year. Like they're yeah. not going to Wrigley, they're not going to San Francisco, they're not going to L.A. Yeah, like I may try, like if I can come up with an excuse in August to be like, oh, I have to go out because like my job's in San Francisco. Oh, I got to go out there and like they're going to Oakland. You know, if I could swing it where I have to stay until a Friday, like I'll go to a Thursday game. Yeah, I hear you. You know what it. It is is the National League cities are way better. You got like San Francisco, L.A., Denver. Like they're way more of, of like getaway spots as opposed to, you know, the ALs, Detroit and Cleveland and Arlington. You know, Dallas. It's just not as it's just not as enticing. Yeah, like but, Milwaukee. Like Milwaukee's a good. That's a good drinking city. I've heard, I've heard that's a fun trip, and they're there on a weekend. I might. Yeah, it's in September. That yeah, that, post Labor Day. Post Labor yeah. Day. That could be fun. Why not? Why not? Oh, but yeah, I can tell you why not because I have two kids, <laughs> <laughs> and if someone's gonna watch them, I'm gonna spend that time with my wife, and she doesn't want to spend that time in Milwaukee. No, that- <laughs> let me tell you, I know Jamie. Jamie's cool. She's not Milwaukee. We've got kids cool. <laughs> no one is. Is uh, I'm gonna go to Baltimore this year, July. Yes. Yeah, so I think we're like. Was it's the hold on? I've got to pull out. I think it's the twenty fourth, second. Yep, yeah, that twenty third, July twenty third. Anyone listens to this? We're going to Baltimore. That's it. We're going to Baltimore. I think I'm gonna book my hotel this week. Okay, yeah, lock it in. Yeah, like we're going to Baltimore. I think I got Charlie Wisco coming. Got got a crew going to Baltimore. Nice. It's such an easy sell too for a significant other. Easy trip. It's cheap. Yeah. Beautiful stadium. Boozy brunch. Listen, it's a seven o'clock game. I leave here at like ten thirty. I get to Baltimore. It's like noon, one o'clock. I'm sitting down in like Fed Hill for a boozy brunch. Like people can come. Let's do it. Then we head over to One Star Country Club. We start shotgunning twisted tees. It gets away from us. We're at Pickles. We said we we're going to be there at 4. It's 4.45, and we're stumbling to an Uber. Boom. It's a good time. It's a great time, man. It's a great time. All right. we Let's get to it. The Yankees offered Aaron Judge $213.5 million over seven years. He said no. Brian Cashman spoke. You've been on this train before anybody I know, so I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you kick this off. The timing of this. It came out that, like, barring, you know, some immediate, like, some dramatic change, 
it's not going to happen. And then it became like official, like it's not going to happen as we are on Bronx streets. Like we were, you know, we're on the turnpike and it's like, oh, Passon says it's probably not going to happen. But it became like, it's official. Cashman's going to speak as we are like on the Grand Concourse. And I'm just feeling it in my soul. I'm letting the hate out. You know, the the shit that made Ghostbusters 2 happen. That kind of real <laughs> hatred. And, I mean, we walked into Billy's. And the people who knew who I was were just like, you were right. You were right all along. You've been right. Listen, Aaron Judge is a great baseball player when he's healthy. Amazing baseball player. Does so many of the right things. But he's not that sweet, sweet boy everyone wants him to be. Everyone just like, oh, this the boyish charm. It has been over since he fixed his teeth. Like, that is a line in the sand. He It's been over since that. And, you know, we hear rumors that he wanted $360 million over 10 years. <laughs> we've heard there's been some other numbers but really what the Yankees offered him was after this season so this season I think he would have made like 20 million 21 yeah he would have made 21 million this year which is what he asked for in arbitration so they're saying you're going to win arbitration and then for the next six years after that or was it for seven years no, it's for six years after that. It's whatever the total would be that would bring the average across all the years to thirty-one million dollars a year. And Aaron Judge, who is playing with a carve out for his unvaccinated situation, just so that he could play, said to the fourteen hundred New York City workers who lost their jobs because they're not athletes and entertainers. million a year when I'm 38 years old is just not enough for me to the teachers, to the nurses, to the firemen, to the police officers, to people who aren't city workers who can no longer work because they're sticking to their convictions and actually speaking out about them instead of being coy bitches. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm Aaron Judge. I hate the fans. That's that's what I got from it. I know you did, and I was just stunned. Like I was hesitant about even offering what they offered. Like, oh, I was—they're going to pay him till he's thirty-seven. You know, I don't know about that. Thirty-one a year. The fact that he turned that down and thinks he can do better in a year when he's going to be turning thirty-one next opening day was just stunning to me. Stunning. I, I think, especially like if you're looking at the market, like if he has a good season. Correa's back on the market. Yes. Um, Bogarts. There's a bunch of guys that'll be, that'll yeah, be out there. Bogarts is going to be back on the market. Um, I don't know what the outfield class looks like, but – and obviously I couldn't do it because I'm out of shape. But like playing outfield is not that hard. He does not play a premium position. Center field's a premium position. Right he doesn't play not. a premium position. He's n- never won a gold glove. Everyone says he plays gold glove caliber defense. All the gold glove caliber players I know have gold gloves. Yeah, man, it was it was really it was really surprising. I would have I would have jumped at that. I was thinking, 
you know, 180, 190, 200. I really can't believe that he didn't he didn't jump at that. I don't know if that's a miss on his agent's part. I also don't I yeah, I was just well, so I was just stunned. I've tried to learn a little bit like his agent this is his only big client. Like his next biggest client is like Colton Wong. Oh wow. So like this is cash in day for him. I think, you know, you get a little bit of the um you know, like you've got to do it for the league. Because there are even reports like, oh, well, he's a union guy, so he's not going to take a hometown thing. Like there's a bit of this like, you know, because it, it's, you know, it's us against the billionaires, which I agreed with while it was a lockout. Now it's players against the fan base, in my mind, when they're looking for free agency. Because if Aaron Judge played for $30 million or $5, how still going to spend 250 whatever it is you know oh, yeah and i just i think i think it's a big miss on his part because it's a fair offer i had said 5 years 150 million and that was giving him the money up front like giving him 30 million for this year cuz i didn't want you know what it, what would have been really a, a 6 year deal they went Two years more than I was even thinking. Um, and he's just, I just don't see, you know, apparently it was the years. I don't see anyone offering him more years. Like, it just makes no, right. s- like, you want eight, nine years, you're only going to be a year older. And, I mean, you just had your best year. And I'm not going to look into a three-game series and say, like, well, you know, he had three strikeouts. You know, yeah, he's bad in 308, but none of those were home runs. He's got no RBIs. Um, you know, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to dissect that yet. But, like, you had a monster year last year. And if you have less than a monster year, after the offseason that just happened where the number one guy had to take this, like, opt-out type deal, like, you're – it is generational money. Like generational money that he turned down, fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. It's stunning. And you think about how little of a margin for error he has. Look, there's 162 games, one quad strain, one calf strain, one hamstring tweak, and the price goes down. And Cashman is can be a petty prick when he wants to be. If Aaron Judge plays in, I don't know, let's say he plays 100 games and he misses a month and he hits 25 homers, like his 2018 season or 2019, something like that, and he comes back to the negotiating table, it's like it's like from the wire. You know, yesterday's price isn't today's price. I could see Cashman lowballing him. I mean, he just – he put himself in a position where he has absolutely no margin for error essentially. Well, Ramirez just had resigned with the Guardians for a hometown discount, you know, essentially. And it was – he plays a premium position. He's a, he had a higher war. And so when you're looking at the two, like days apart from each other, like it's tough to be on judge's side. And there are a couple of people who were like, he should get whatever he can. Like, I agree. Like you should, but don't be like, Oh, I want to be a Yankee forever. But they only offered me in my thirties, 200 something million dollars. I'm not going to feel bad for you. Yeah, it was a great offer. And what I think it was either Heyman or Pass, and they kind of clarified it that essentially he was asking for that 360 over 10, but he would have taken 
nine times 36, what, I, 324, essentially exactly what they gave Cole. He would have taken 324 over nine. It's like, dude, you're you're living in another planet. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, so I've never been like, oh, I think Aaron Judge is a smart person. I think he's pretty <laughs> dumb. But the advice that he, like, dude, at this point, fire your agent and get with Boris. That's the only way you're going to get those numbers. Exactly. And the way people were talking, they were like, oh, but Machado, Harper, they were 26 when they signed those 10-year deals, not 30. I think Mookie Betts was 27. I think Cole was 28 or 29. It was a 27-year-old like, MVP. Right. Dude, 30-year-old dudes are not get, even Corey Seager. He was 28 when he just signed. It's just there are not 30-year-old dudes getting contracts like that. It's I think it was a miss. And I, I think honestly, I think we'll end up getting him for less because I think he's going to tweak something at some point. I think it's going to scare other teams away. And I, I think we're going to end up getting him for like 180, 190. And I think he's going to kind of have his tail between his legs uh, this offseason. Imagine like we just we had like we get him at a price that I'm happy with and I just get to cheer for him but hate him the entire time of his career be like, Yeah, you motherfucker. Like you tried to get over on us. <laughs> such such pent up like it's like a revenge revenge fantasy. <laughs> yeah, like you're trapped in this fucking dysfunctional marriage with me, Aaron. I'm blocked. You're rich, but not as rich as you wanna be. <laughs> We can both be miserable. And this whole thing also makes you realize how good of a deal the Stanton deal is. We're only, his cap hits $22 million. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, and at the time it was signed, it was like, I mean, I think there's still a decade on it. But it was just like it was so many years and it was so much money. And then when you ch- chop off like $5 million a year and he still puts up like decent numbers and other people are just getting these much bigger contracts, like it becomes very affordable while he could still play. But now keep in mind, Stanton, you know, if in two years he can like hardly play at all, it's gonna be like we are flushing twenty two million dollars down the fucking toilet for another like six years. We are, but he he looks so comfortable now in year five. He he looks so locked in and and comfortable here. And it seems like he's turning into a lot more of a leader. You hear the other players talking about how hard he works and how he sets an example of just being all business and being serious all the time. It seems like he's really settled in and it took a couple of years. Well, we talked about it in the car on our way home and or maybe it was on the way to the game. But like Stan got traded here. It was right after Judge's rookie year. You know, oh, we're going to be the Bash Brothers. They did, like, the Step Brothers skits and, like, all that stuff. Yeah. And he was the outsider. And, like, Judge is our boy. Now, Judge, not just, like, combination of he's injured a lot. He asked for a shit ton of money. He turned down a shit ton of money. And then it's, like, his attitude around it of, like, well, first pitch is 108. Or I'm going to talk. It looks like I'm going to talk to 30 teams now. And hopefully the Yankees will be one of them. Like, dude. (laughs) Get fucked. Like, I don't know. Maybe he's spending too much time on Twitter hearing fucking people from, like, other parts of the country, uh, you know, tweet about, like, oh, well, I don't f- – I still fucking love him. You know, some guy up in Syracuse or, like, he, they got to give him all the money, you know, some guy from fucking, <laughs> you know, God knows – fucking Nashville. Dude, the people who are in that stadium will fucking stab you in the face for oh, yeah. fun. <laughs> Like, that's a good time. It's like, oh, I saw Aaron Judge, and I kicked the shit out of him. (laughs) And that's a grandma probably talking. 
Uh, yeah, the I've realized like the older women at Yankee Stadium, if you go in wearing a different jersey, they'll they'll chirp at you the hardest. Over well, because they think you were raised wrong. Like yeah. that's it. Th- it's like it's not just you. Like you didn't make a decision. It's you know it's the same thing. They you come to Yankee Stadium in like a Red Sox jersey. Like an older woman views that the way most people see like you driving a truck with a Confederate flag. Like someone fucking put this in you. Someone along the line and say, this is bad and we shouldn't do this anymore because it was cool for four years, but it was dumb now. It's not 2004 anymore. Um, yeah, like it's, I mean, just Yankee saying being back at it, we're a little all over the place this episode, yeah. but like it's just, it's such a vibe of like seeing real New York. Like the, I tweeted a couple things, like the amount of people who were there in sweatpants was off-putting. Like, and they were just like, so many people were just like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to the game. Like, fucking, I'm, I'm in these baggy sweatpants. I'm going to have to retie a million times. The guy next to us was so obnoxious, too. Like, it takes a lot. If you're a Yankee, you know me, I'll make anybody in a Yankee hat, I'll make friends with you on my side. That guy was so fucking annoying and getting in our faces and he was like, spitting when he was talking. I do find so opening day so opening day drunk is a different type of drunk. Opening day drunk hits people and they act like they've never been anywhere before. And listen, if you want to stand up and cheer, uh, you know, you want to do your, your thing during games like go nuts, you know. I know you so I'll make fun of you after the fact for like banging on the thing, but the people who are constantly standing up and like, everyone's got to get up. You yeah, got to yeah. get up. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, shut the fuck up. It's one strike. It's the fifth inning. There's no outs. Shut the fuck up. Let me. I paid $180 to sit in this seat. I'm going to fucking sit in it for a little bit. But you're hammered. Like, you're about to get flagged. Everyone's got to get up. Yeah, and don't and don't and I hate when they just like they try to engage you and come over and start a conversation. Like I, you know, I'll cheer and I'll high five random people, but I don't want to get into a full blown conversation with some stranger that I'm never going to see again. You know who I felt the worst for? Like two rows in front of us, there were uh, a bunch of troops. It was like yes, maybe there were like four. Uh, I think they're army. I mean, they were in like camouf- the camouflage jumpsuit. Um, they could have been G.I. Joe for all I know. So there was four of them. Then behind them, there was another one of them. And then there was a guy in what had to be the heaviest suit jacket I've ever seen in my life. Like this thing was made of woolly mammoth. And the guy weighed like 350 pounds. Um, and he was wearing a hat that said West Point on the back. And these guys, like they're watching the game as it goes on. And people get fucking drunker. Every drunk person going to the bathroom has to stop and thank them for their service. And it's just like they're just trying to watch the game. And it's always someone like, uh, my brother was my brother was in Iraq. And it's just like <laughs> sweet. Like, you know, like and I get it. Like, I'm not trying to diminish anything like the military or their appreciation. But like I can't imagine being those guys and be like, oh great, cool story, man. Like I get one day off the fucking base. I got to dress like this. I got to dress like you're going paintballing for the fucking weekend. <laughs> but I got to sit here and sweat my dick off in the sun. Uh, my brother was over there. He did. Uh, he was in the well, Coast Guard Reserve. So pretty much the same. <laughs> I did. No, I did notice that. I was thinking like, damn, they got to be hot. Sun was beating down on us. You saw I had the hood up to protect my neck from getting sunburned. You're like 
you're like Nick Swardson in the bench warmers. Like you're afraid of the sun. <laughs> Dude, I always say, what is my quote? The sun sunburn hurts worse than people's uh people's jokes. You were is, is handing out sunscreen to other like you brought in a thing of sunscreen and you were handing it out to people. It's a brotherhood. It's more like a motherhood. <laughs> dude that family behind us was so they were so grateful because they had like three kids they were handing out like summer camp and then they tried to they're like oh do you want to you know what they did that pissed me off not to piss me off but they they offered to buy me a beer in the seventh inning we all know look sales stopped two hours no they didn't know they didn't know it was a whole thing because at the other end they were like can you believe that i can't get a beer like oh my god it's oh, gonna go to extra yeah, innings i, I can't that. get it i thought they were just they just kind of planned that the mom at like the end was like there were two moms who were like very upset okay <laughs> like, that makes me feel better i yeah, thought they just did it all they yeah, like, i thought it was the typical like seinfeld like oh i would have but you know yeah no no they were more upset than is appropriate at that point in a game while you have your children and someone's got to drive home. Like, I was like, Jesus Christ, lady, like, what's going on? Like, we're really hitting the wheel. Like, things are tough at home, huh? Um, can I talk about the situation that was going on in front of me at the game? Yes, yes. All right. So I tweeted a picture and I said, like, things have been weird in front of me this whole game. So directly in front of me, is a girl in her 20s. Um, just think like stereotypical. I moved from somewhere else or maybe from Long Island. Um, I'm the most annoying person in the world, girl. <laughs> like so fucking annoying. Um, had her jewel. On her left side was what I believe is her boyfriend who uh, had no soul. He was uh, an authentic ginger. And he didn't get any of your sunscreen. He's actually probably dead now. He probably <laughs> died from the sun. Like this guy, he was on fucking fire. He's in sweatpants and a jersey. On the other side of her is a 70, no, no younger than 70 to like 75 year old man who has one ear pierced. He's in a jersey also, also in sweatpants. Now, what this girl was wearing when she was taking a moment out of sucking down her jewel was it said something golf on the pants, but they were essentially like black leggings, right? But they were like the thicker ones. Um, It had to be a clam bake in front of me. (laughs) She also – she started the game off and she's wearing a Yankee jersey, like a Victoria's Secret, like pink jersey it is not long before that jersey is gone and we are now sitting here in yankee stadium in a sports bra holding hands with the older guy like fingers wrapped up rubbing his thigh at times very uncomfortable (laughs) then also holding hands with the ginger who's like not happy not a straight up not having a good time then, like, the older guy went to the bathroom. She starts making out with the ginger. She is just hardcore making out sports bra, leggings, jewel, and drinking what had to be the hottest vodka cranberry. Like, uh. the ice melted. <laughs> the ice just kept melting, and she's just, like, slowly drinking this. Yeah. Ugh. She is dancing every song that comes on. It was just like, are you on cocaine? 
are who are you fucking? Are you fucking both of them? Is that your dad? Why are you rubbing his thigh? Very weird. And then she put the jersey back on. Then the jersey was off. Then it was back on. Then it was off. Then she put on a crop top sweater with the jersey on. Uh, over she it. had that in the arsenal. Yeah. In the bullpen. By the end of the game, she had a North Face vest on. I have no idea where this came from. Fashion show. Yeah. I don't know who she's who she's hooking up with. I think the ginger, he evaporated in the sun like true blood. He's gone. Like, yeah. It was a wild setting. I was just like, I forgot how much I fucking love Yankee Stadium. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Whether that was her dad, whether that was a sugar daddy, wh- whether that was just, you know, an uncle and whatever, she was doing some touching because someone's paying her rent. People just don't care anymore. Like, people will just do anything in public and there's just no there's just no shame and the ginger makeout was like it was uncomfortable was it distracting I, you from the action on the field the action from the ginger <laughs> it was like a between i spent probably more time innings like four through seven watching these people because i was just like what the fuck is going on here because the boyfriend was just like i hate this like whether it was a dad or you know like sometimes you see guys who are in relationships i'm sure it works the other way around too we're just in relationships with girls who have like too close of a relationship with their dad or their parents or whatever. And like you could tell this guy was reevaluating a lot of fucking things. I bet. I would think. So can you explain to me something? So the signs, all the signs in the security say no, what are they? Uh, no jewels or vape pens or whatever. Yet I constantly see people in the stadium smoking those things. So like how do, do people just sneak them in or? Well, no, I think you're just like you're not supposed to use them. But they don't – they're not going to – it's not like airport security where they can make you throw it out. Ah, like, uh, okay. You know, like you can't smoke in the stadium, but they can't let you not bring – they can't be like, well, you got to throw your lighter out. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. If you, Interesting. if they started doing that, I mean, think about if – let's say the Yankees were just like, you can't even bring a jewel in the stadium. One – the collection basket of those outside <laughs> would be nuts. And you lose just a ton of like the yuppie, I just moved to New York, or like, hey, I'm rubbing my dad's thigh and my <laughs> boyfriend's here. Um, you know, crowd that goes to a lot of Yankee games. Like, so you're allowed to bring them in through so that you just I put them in the so. basket and then you're not allowed to actually. And then, yeah, you're just them. not supposed to like do it. But, you know, there are places where you can get away with it. I've smoked oh. many cigarettes in that stadium, in the new stadium. Yeah. Yeah, you go to the, you know, I haven't done it in a while. You know the food court on the third base line? Yes. So now, I don't know, I feel like there's been more foot traffic there, like, because I got a milkshake from over there. Um, But I would just go, like, in the corner where the milkshakes are. There's, like, a staircase. You just go and just hang out there and smoke. Uh, Okay. Is that where they have, like, all those pictures of, like, Joe DiMaggio eating spaghetti and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, you could get into, like, a, a staircase like in the back corner of the stadium. I mean, they've they've definitely pumped up security. They really oh, don't they want have. you. They don't want you smoking in there. <laughs> you and Dave, oh yeah, you and Dave got milkshakes, man. I can't imagine having one of those things at a baseball game. I think I'd throw up after having like five or six beers and a hot dog and the sun and to have a milkshake. You, I'm you like, know what it is? That. Like I couldn't drink anymore because I had oh, to drive and. Like, I've been, like, eating somewhat healthy or whatever, so it was like, this is my day. Gotcha. Okay, that's fair. You want some sort of reward. I came home, I smoked a joint, I ate half a pint of Ben and Jerry's, too. That, wow. After the milkshake, that's a lot. I didn't even think, it wasn't, those are two separate days. <laughs> like, there two wasn't even days. a, like, 
oh, maybe I, my wife was just like, hey, I figured you had a long day, so like I picked this up as a treat, and I was just like, yeah, great, let's fucking, I'm not going to second guess you, babe. I'm not going to be like, oh, I had a milkshake earlier. Do you have a favorite Ben and Jerry's flavor? Uh, I mean, I'm a classic, like half-baked. Gotcha. You go half-baked, that's, you're never going to go wrong there. I like the brownie one. I think brownie batter core, maybe. Nice. I do a little tonight dough sometimes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's early in the season, but I, you know, I feel I don't hate the team yet, so that's always fun. No, exactly. I'm I'm just happy. I'll take two out of three. All I wanted was to not get off to a dog shit start, assuming they don't shit the bed in this Blue Jay series. You go to Baltimore, you can get off to a nice. I don't know. Can we get it? Can we get a seven and four start? I'd sign great. up for that. Yeah. Did you see the betting odds came out and Boone is? The like most likely to get fired. Yeah, that made no sense. If he was going to get fired, it would have been last year, I thought. So it makes no sense as long as you look at the fact that he just signed a new contract three years with like a fourth year option. Because that's guaranteed. Yes, but it's also like it's a million dollars or it's like something like that. Like the Mm -hmm. managers don't make a ton. Right. So who gives a shit? You know, for the the same way where like the Yankees should pay all the luxury tax. Like who gives a fuck about a million dollars? Um, so, like, that part doesn't make sense, but, like, you know, when we get into, like, advanced stats and people are like, well, if you look at his fucking F-war and, uh, you know, the expected batting average, da, 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 it's like, well, I-, I can look at it and I can tell you this guy fucking sucks at baseball. <laughs> there is still, like, you know, like, yeah, no, it makes sense with the contract, but, like, I don't know, I've watched a fucking, I've watched Boone manage a game. Like, yeah, that makes sense. But Cashman loves him. Loves him. They love him. Yeah, but what if fucking cashman's time's coming up that would be great that's what we need man that's that's what we need because his his contract's coming up it is and i know we're running out of time today he confirmed on the fan and they did not make an offer to correa or freeman yeah no didn't even make an offer i've been saying all along they didn't make an offer they were never in on them they they like what we have the direction it's going i think that if especially now with judge not signing it's the perfect time for Brian Cashman to just say, like, at the end of the season, I'm going to another role, you know, president emeritus or whatever the fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, advisor. Yeah, so advisor. Can... Still still be president, but bring yeah. in a GM. Let them yes. – unless Theo Theo Epstein can have the team if he wants. He can do whatever yeah. he wants. You could have and then, <laughs> yeah, let him, you know, step aside because Britton, Chapman, Judge, Sevy, like a lot of money's Gallo. coming off. Gallo. Um, where we don't have to make a decision about Sanchez. Like, a lot of money comes off, and someone new should have. Like, boom, like Cashman has had forever to build this roster, and this is what he's done with it. Whoever's next should get the opportunity to do that. Yeah, the only worry is that he would handpick the successor, and he would pick somebody that's, like, in his back pocket, and he would still kind of control it, you know, without controlling it. Yeah, like, I want a name that is not going to be controlled. Yeah, I don't want like one of his analytics nerds to get promoted. I I want somebody from outside. I want someone outside the organization. I want Theo Epstein. Like the same way we talk about like the Yankees could buy any player. Fucking who's who's doing the raise right now? Yeah. Go buy him. Double their salary. Everyone's for sale. Yeah. I mean, these are just jobs. Like we're not talking about player contracts. These are just jobs. Yeah, it's, it's you, you go to the Rays guy who's making I don't know hundred k. Say hey, we're gonna give you one fifty. You want you want to move to New York? <laughs> it's a very simple pitch. Yeah, dude, we'll give you fucking half a million dollars, a dollar from every hot dog we sell. <laughs> Fill these stands. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited uh, about where the season started. I'm ready to, um, you know, go back, uh, you know, to the stadium. Like, I, I want to get back now. I've already started looking at like the schedule and just being like, all right, babe, like, where can we get these kids a babysitter? I was looking at so obviously with the wedding. I was looking at May like May sixth that Friday, and then I saw it was Star Wars night, and I was like, ah, oh, the tickets are going to be double the price. They're going to have all those goofy promos it's gonna be a headache so now i'm like ah, oh, maybe i should wait a little longer yeah i'm looking at like i'm thinking maybe like that cubs saturday like get in a hotel is that june yeah oh that'd be yeah that'd be a good one i mean the, like i'm sure they'll the prices will be competitive but this is my favorite part of the show when we just both pull up the schedule and fantasize about different games we yeah go to. but like a saturday seven fifteen against the cubs oh that's perfect that's perfect i mean that's, that's what you dream about the saturday night games yeah like you go up there have a nice little afternoon go to the stadium go to billy's early yeah, I mean, there's a like a, a July seven fifteen Red Sox game on a Saturday, but like I'm trying to you know have a day, so yes. yeah, I might have to when we see when we see my in laws for uh, Easter on Sunday. I I tend to come to these things with like, hey, here's my next three months when I could use a babysitter. <laughs> like we're using one for your wedding, and then it's like, all right, like I can stay home May. I don't care about seeing the Rangers or the White Sox. Like I don't need a weekend for that no no um but like let's start laying out june let's lay out july that friday night astros june 24th that could be a fun one i like i like friday night games the best because it's like you go to the friday night game but then you still have a whole weekend if you have like commitments or want to do something else yeah but i have to drive that you oh because you wouldn't you wouldn't get a hotel on a Friday? No, because on a Friday it's tougher. It's like I got to dump kids, I got right. dogs, oh, right, you know. Right. I forgot. Whereas like the kids makes it. Yeah. yeah, dude. Wait, it's coming your way. <laughs> it's coming your way. But like, yeah, you know, you look at a Saturday, it could be like, great. Hey, we'll drop the kids off, you know, at eleven. Head straight up. We're in New York by one. We could have some lunch, a couple drinks. Head up to the stadium. You're up at the stadium at like five, four thirty, even. Fucking, you know really just doing it up that's a dream yeah yeah well you can follow nick on twitter at n kirby nyy you follow me at jj from the bronx follow the show at george's box pod um yeah we're a little all over the place because it's the the first week of actual baseball but not like enough real baseball that you can sink your teeth into so like hey we're just excited be excited about this team aaron judge doesn't care about you it's like a bronx tale like hey mickey mantle's not going to pay your rent (laughs) Aaron Judge is so not going to play for fucking two hundred million dollars, but uh, you know, hopefully, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you at a game soon, and if not, we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.